What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Hidden Falls Media Experience episode. Today, I am joined by Alan Woods from Mortar. But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of the fee. We don't charge you anything for these episodes. We don't charge you. We don't try to bill you anything for some BS marketing course that we both know you don't need. But what we do do is bring the best and the highest quality guests and information to help you elevate your life, business, and experience here on this planet. So if you found a nugget of wisdom or insight, or you just enjoyed hearing Alan and I go back and forth with an amazing conversation, please leave us a review and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. It not only helps us get ranked, but it also helps elevate our incredible guests who graciously give us their time, wisdom, and expertise. So like I mentioned, everybody, today's going to be an amazing episode. This man has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs grow, scale, build, and thrive successful businesses even during COVID. So Alan Woods, welcome to the show. I'm super pumped to have you here, man. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Um, And just to get the preliminary stuff out of the way, because I know that our conversation is going to be great. I'll just let everybody know they can find me uh, on all of the socials at Just Call Me Alan. And they can find Mortar everywhere at We Are Mortar. And that's W-E-A-R-E-M-O-R-T-A-R. So let's hop into what is Mortar and how and how it. did you even get started with building out this nonprofit? Absolutely. So um, Mortar is based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and essentially, we are a nonprofit that is designed to make uh, entrepreneurship more accessible. Um, So a lot of times we have people who um, are trying to figure out how to get to the next level and they're kind of uncertain of like what their next steps should be. Um, So they they could sit and listen to podcasts all day or they could watch YouTube all day or they could go and get an MBA somewhere. Um, And we wanted to create another option. And that's to do a 15 week accelerator program where we have created our own uh, curriculum that kind of guides people through the process of getting their business started, Um, whether they are just starting with an idea or they've already kind of started to execute and they're trying to figure out how to scale. I love it. And just for full transparency, um, kind of how I know you is that I went through Mortar. Yeah. yeah, That's really how we got to know one another. Absolutely. And then from where I was coming from. A lot of different connection points, even once you were going through the program, like I found out that you we're really into photography and I, I am as well. Um, and then just like a love for, you know, social media and marketing in general. Um, and your, your love for so social media and marketing goes a lot deeper than mine because you're, <laughs> you know, a hundred percent dedicated to doing this every day. It is just one of many facets of my job, but yeah. So lots of, lots of different connection points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of seen it from both sides. I've seen, from what it was like just starting out to what it is now. Um, yeah. Even even before I enrolled in Mortar, hearing about it a few years ahead of time, and kind of from where I came from when I found you guys was, I was I was in that really awkward spot of I had I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I knew I could do it because I had done it for other companies, but mm-hmm. I'd never actually set up and built a business by myself from the foundation. I was always helping others grow and build theirs after they had already done that first three to five years of work. Yeah. Really the purpose of why I wanted to come to you guys was for that acceleration process, because I understood if we don't build the foundation right from the beginning, it's all going to fall apart, right? Like that's with anything in life. 
Yeah, and that's that. I'll get into the poetic part of it. That is exactly the mission of Mortar, and that's also part of the fundamental reason how we came up with the name. You know, because ultimately we were looking at a neighborhood that was in the process of being redeveloped, and there were a lot of different people in the neighborhood who were kind of moving into the neighborhood, and they had opportunities to kind of build these new things. And there were a lot of people who were in the neighborhood who lived there for generations who never really felt like they were connected to the business community or didn't have like the know-how or the network or the finances to be able to move forward. So for us, mortar represents, you know, in that building process of a brick and mortar building, the mortar is kind of the in-between thing that is that connection point um, that kind of keeps everything together. Um, and it's, it really, for us, represents the people in the community um, because ultimately you can have beautiful new buildings and parks and infrastructure, but if you don't have people who are committed to, you know, keeping those things uh, looking the way that they are or supporting the businesses that move into the community, you know, you're just not going to have that, that sturdy, you know, foundation or connection point. And so for us, you know, when we talk about building a business, it's really important to kind of have those different connection points. You know, for us, we have basically five pillars that kind of represent the work that we do. The first one is uh, the academy, which is the 15-week program that gets people started or scaling. The second one is the alumni program, uh, which is 18 months of ongoing uh, service that we just want to make sure that we help you build that network. Um, and just kind of help provide like a little extra mentorship and guidance. Uh, the third one is our pop-up shops, which give people a chance to kind of test out their ideas in real time without the long-term commitment of a full lease, you know, with a new landlord. Uh, our fourth one is the access to capital. So we have a fund where we do loans, grants, and we actually have one equity investment in a local brewery. Uh, and then the last thing is advocacy, which is, it's actually our newest pillar. And uh, ideally for us, what that means is that we are often in rooms that other people are not in. And so we want to make sure that we're always uh, kind of elevating the voices of people who are not in those rooms and the things that are their concerns. Um, or if it means that, you know, we can have a conversation with a city council member or the mayor uh, on behalf of someone else that maybe can't, you know, just call and get on that calendar. We want to make sure that advocacy is a huge part of the work that we do as well. I love that, man. And it's, it's part of that love and that passion that really drew me to you guys too. Yeah. And that process, right. And that it is, it, it's all about the opportunity and it's all about the connections. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So over, over COVID, uh, you guys actually have some really incredible stats about the businesses that went through mortar and what's happened with them during COVID. Can you go into that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when COVID first started, we, like everybody else, got a little bit of freaked out because we were hearing all these numbers of, you know, what it was going to mean for the business community. And obviously there have been a ton of businesses across the United States that have been affected by COVID. Um, there's also been a ton of businesses uh, across the U.S. who have COVID has kind of made them step up to a whole different level. Um, and so for us, whereas the, the first article we saw, I think it was in the Washington Post, said that 25 percent of all businesses in the U.S. were going to close due to COVID. 
And when you shift that to the black community, that number elevated to 40 percent. Um, and what we're noticing is that, you know, out of all of our graduates that have come through our program, we have zero people that have closed their businesses due to COVID. Why do you now, think that is? I think a lot of it is, for one, the participants who come through our program are often really brilliant to start with. Um, uh, case in point, you. Um, but then also there's a resilience there. You know, there there is a tenacity that people who have come to us, you know, they that they also see in us. And there's like kind of a... Um, a, a refusal to, to, to lose and a refusal to quit. Um, and so, you know, on one end, we have upped our service during COVID. So we have done what we can to make sure that we are providing additional guidance. Um, and so we reached out to all of our graduates. So at that point, I think we had 225 graduates from our program um, over the course of the, the last six years. And we reached out to every single one of them to say, hey, how are you? How's business? If you're not in business right now, how are you on a personal level? Because, you know, in general, as an organization, we want to cater to the entrepreneur first and then to the entrepreneurial endeavor second. So we wanted to check and see, you know, even if we knew that people had decided not to continue their business or they had switched the, mo- the model like we wanted to know how they were doing. Um, and I think that that was really helpful. We were able to also kind of put together a uh, database of different grants and things like that. And we know that there are several of our graduates who were able to participate in those grants because they heard about them from us. So some of it is just having that national network of other entities that are able to you know, provide additional services and you know, access to capital and you know, some of it is just that, you know, we just have some really dope entrepreneurs who are willing to put in the work and they're not trying to go down, you know, without a fight. So I think that that, that was a huge part. And that doesn't mean that any of the businesses that have closed, you know, don't have that resilience or don't have that tenacity um, or, or that they, you know, there are lots of reasons why people have not made it through this. Um, but I think that there's there's something special about the entrepreneurs that come through the mortar program. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they continue to innovate because I've seen a lot of them kind of change how they operate. Um, one, for example, was uh, we have, like I mentioned, pop-up shops. And there was one that um, actually had their grand opening last year on Valentine's Day. You know, and, you know, February 14th, everybody thought that everything was going to be fine. I think at that point, maybe there was a cruise that had some unknown virus. Mm-hmm. But cruises always get unknown stuff. Right. So nobody was like thinking... You're you stacking bodies. Right, right. But nobody was thinking, oh, this is a different thing than what we usually hear. And so, you know, they had their grand opening on Valentine's Day. And then I feel like it was March 13th or March 14th is when we got the stay-at-home order. So it was like literally a month later you know, but the fact that there's four entrepreneurs working in one space and collaborating together, I think that that's one of the things that makes a big difference too. And I hope that more entrepreneurs use this lesson of COVID to figure out ways to work together instead of always competing with everybody. Like, what if there are, you know, four entrepreneurs that come together to create a whatever the thing is, 
and bring all of their their specialties and expertise into one place and their resources and network, their customer base, their finances. Like now that means that every single time that you pay rent on day one, like your profit margin is automatically 75% more individually as an entrepreneur because you're only paying 25% of all of your bills. But for every other entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, on day one of every month, you have lost money as you wake up. You know what I mean? Because once you pay your utilities, your rent, everything that you have to pay, you start the month off every month in the red. But if you have three other people who are collaborating with you in one space or one business, you're spending 25% of that. Mm -hmm. You know, So 75% of your profit margin is an increase on day one. So I'm just trying to encourage other entrepreneurs to think of ways to to find other entrepreneurs that they can build with and that they can collaborate with. You know, so, you know, what would it look like to not always? And I think a lot of it, we, we just take so much pride in being able to say that we did something by ourselves. But honestly, I couldn't have started Mortar by myself. I mean, I could have, but it would not have been as, as successful as it has been. You know, so if I had did this by myself, we would, there's no possible way that we would be where we are today going into year seven as being able to start it with two other guys who had two different skill sets, networks, and abilities. And then we just kind of did a mashup of all those things together to, to make more. Absolutely. Um, and now, I mean, even looking at that, they've even gone and done their own thing now. Right. Exactly. They're, yeah, still, they're still leaning into that idea of collaboration. Indeed. indeed. So, yeah, they left uh, in December and both of them went to start different enterprises and both of them have other business partners. So, you know, William went off to create basically and it's essentially like a social network in a traditional sense, you know, not a digital sense mm -hmm. um, where he does a lot of community engagement and things of that nature. Nature, And then Derek went and started his taco business, which he actually went through mortar, uh, you know, graduated from the, the class and everything to learn how to do that. Went to uh, Mexico City and studied under a chef there. And, you know, so it's just like, it's just really cool to watch people have this desire to learn and to elevate and take whatever it is that they're working on to a, to a different level. Absolutely. Now you and I talked about this concept, I think it was last week about being battle tested and, yeah, the, idea, yeah, and the idea that 2020 really, for those of us that were on the front lines of that moving through, you yeah. know, we, we got a little beaten and bloodied and bruised and cut up a little bit, yeah. but we came out of being that, that tip of the spear for so many people be able to say, hey, look, we're battle tested, right? We, yeah. we went through the shit with everybody else, just like right. you. Yeah. But one of the things I've noticed is that out of all the businesses that you guys have, there are clear, definable leaders. Yeah, definitely. It, they're not, the, they're not the, the quiet entrepreneur that's doing this as a quote, side hustle, right? Mm -hmm. I think this showed so much of the hidden pieces of your educational process that that leadership, it's now a requirement. Right. right. It's the people that stepped up and said, I'm willing to be that person in the community that everybody else is backing away from that role because there's uncertainty tied to that. There's uncertainty Ooh, yeah. and there's fear tied to being that person. But mm -hmm. I noticed so many of the of the business owners that went through and from the alumni network I'm a part of as well with you, they all stepped up and said, absolutely not. We're not going to hide in fear during this time. We're going to stand and fight and push forward. 
and we see it out in LA now. I mean, if you saw the news recently, LA is allowing outdoor restaurants, but they're not allowing you to have a TV outside. Right. And it's like, <laughs> like what in the world is this nonsense? Yeah. And all that nonsense that was going on, even inside of Cincinnati, I saw that rise of the tide with everybody that came through mortar. They came together mm-hmm. for that collaboration and understanding that that leadership is 360 within everybody in that group. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think that that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, the, the battle tested thing is real. And the thing is with a lot of our entrepreneurs, they, this was not their first fight. You know what I mean? So entrepreneurship was like the, the, one one struggle of many that they've experienced in their lives. So it's kind of like, I'm used to the fight, you know? Right. So you get so many entrepreneurs who, you know, this is not their first battle. And, you know, some of them have, have battled from, you know, depression and some have battled from poverty and others have battled from terrible relationships and, you know, bad experiences in school and all of these other things, you know? And so when they come to us, they are coming to us and they're already fighters, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it reminds me of watching like Rocky or Creed, you know, like these are people who are like, they've already been in the ring before and now they're ready for their title fight, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, they, they've already put in the work. They're not, they're not, most of our entrepreneurs are not amateurs where they've never started something before. They've started something. And maybe it failed or they started something and maybe they didn't put their all in or they started something and maybe they just didn't know how to progress. And we are like the corner man who is training you and in your corner and, you know, rallying for you and giving you coaching and advice and uh, just making sure that you know how to best move forward during that process. And so even the most talented fighters have always had trainers in the gym and they've always had those guys in the corner who can help you when you, when you come back to the corner and you got to cut, now we got to figure it out. So now, now not only do we have to kind of nurture and heal the cut, but we're going to tell you how to avoid that same type of pain kind of moving forward too. And I think that that's been the role of mortar is, uh, you know, finding those people who are scrappy and, and as you mentioned, battle tested and ready to put in the work and uh, that will also listen, you know, because it's hard to be an effective coach if you're not coachable, you know, and I know that, you know, in your industry, when you're working with, with clients and stuff, if they they can give you any amount of money to, to fulfill a, a, a service, but part of being, you know, the person on the other side of the consulting table is they have to actually listen to you. They're paying you for a reason uh, because they trust you. And that's the same thing as when people come to mortar, they pay us because they trust us and we're going to give them advice and counsel that can move them forward. But at the same time, they have to trust themselves enough to actually implement the things that we're talking about. Mm. Um, Because if they don't implement it once, once they walk out of the room with us or once they get in the ring, they're going to get, they're going to be, get beat pretty badly. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll still be in the corner to, to help them, you know, prepare for the next round. But uh, I think that that's, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. And I know I'm going to say it because I know everybody else out there is saying it for you too. The work you guys do is absolutely incredible. And there's so many of us that are grateful for all the opportunities and the, just the connections and all the information to be able to get 
to the spot in our lives where it's not just about us. It's right, about right. all the customers and all the experiences and all the memories and everything, all the, all the amazing things that counterbalance those really shitty days of being a business yeah. owner. Yeah. We wouldn't get to have experienced that roller coaster the same way if it wasn't for you guys. So yeah, I, I, I want to say thank you and I'm grateful for it. Um, and I know there's a lot of other people too that are saying yeah. that. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, you know, we, we started this thing uh, with this idea that we were going to do uh, a really small program in one neighborhood in Cincinnati. And now we're working in eight neighborhoods in, across Cincinnati, um, a couple suburbs outside of Cincinnati. And then we're in four other cities um, that are outside of Cincinnati and three, three of those four are outside of Ohio. So it, it is humbling to think about where we have come from and how we got here, um, especially so quickly. But we are thankful for the opportunities. We're thankful for the trust. Um, and we, we got so much more to do and we're ready to, to continue moving forward. And we're just, you know, we're just ready, you know, and uh, it's been a great ride, you know, and this is, we're entering kind of the next iteration of Mortar right now, you know, with uh, like, like we mentioned, the other two co-founders have left to go pursue other things. And so now it's kind of a new era of, you know, it, it's, it's the, the new Star Wars, you know, like where you have, you know, different characters that kind of come in and they're the new heroes and the other heroes kind of fade uh, out. And, and that's kind of where I feel like we are right now is, uh, you know, I am, you know, training up some new Jedis, and, you know, it's just these, these people that are on our team are amazing, you know, and they all come from different uh, contexts and backgrounds and they, they bring a certain level of skill and uh, expertise that I don't feel like I have to do everything. And I think that, you know, as any business owner wants to get to that point where you can find great people who are skilled and talented and you can uh, train them in the way that they need to be trained, but then you can kind of get out of the way um, and let them do their thing. And I think that that's, that's kind of almost where we're at. Um, so I'm excited to, to see what's next for more. Cool. So if you had one piece of advice for the business owners that are at that emerging stage, right? Yeah. What would it be for the rest of this year? What's the one thing they could do to focus on? So I'm going uh, to split the year in half. Um, I, I want to encourage people to do something that I don't think that we do enough. And I think that that first piece is stabilization. I think a lot of times the second piece is innovation. So I'll get to that one in a minute because that's the fundamental that everybody likes. Um, so I think that a lot of business owners focus too much on innovation and not enough on stabilization. So like, let's figure out what we're doing right and what's working. Um, I think that we need to do that first before we try to get to the next thing. Um, and so I would encourage business owners to use, for us, it was January. You know, like we use the entire month of January focus only on stabilization, focus only on tightening up everything, making sure that we are revisiting our contracts, revisiting our branding. Every year I revisit the fact that I cannot 
by the www.mortar.com. And so I always just check to see what the price is now. And now it's $500,000. So it's never happening. So I'm like, why would I give you $500,000 for some digital real estate when I could actually buy actual real estate for $500,000? So that's not going to happen. But um, that's one of the things that we do. We go through, kind of look through all of our social media, all of our uh, marketing, all of our policies. So even like our handbook and our um, leases and everything like that. We just make sure that we're taking the month of January to stabilize and make sure that the foundation of the business is tight before we start to build more things. And so um, for us, it's figuring that out before we get to the innovation. We Innovation, like I say, that's the fun part. For me, I'm always trying to figure out how can we make this thing better? But first I have to know what we did to get here. And if I'm not taking the time out to like retrace my steps, I'm going to miss something in that process. So I think that um, those, those would be the two things that I would encourage uh, every business owner to make time for. And for some people, it might take longer. Like if you haven't, if you haven't documented all of your things, and I mean everything, like if you don't have processes and procedures on a Google Doc or wherever, I would encourage people to take the time to do that because once you start hiring or expanding or growing or, you know, God forbid something happens to you, you want to make sure that somebody else knows how to do all the stuff that's just locked in your head that you know, but nobody else knows. And if you're hiring other people, trust me, they will love the fact that you have this stuff documented so they can kind of speed up their onboarding, which then makes you more money because they can start making more money for the company sooner because you have all your processes together. So that those would be the two things that I would encourage people to do. All right. That was awesome. I have two more questions for you. Both are based around culture Absolutely. though, because I have the luxury of yeah. had, had knowing you for a while. All right. The first one yeah. uh, is based around shoes. All right. <laughs> what are some of the hottest shoes you've seen in the last few months? So I can't even answer that. Pause. <laughs> I know. I know you were really looking forward to it. I can't answer that because I have not paid any attention to any shoes for a while now. So uh, in 2019, I don't usually do like uh, New Year's resolutions, but I do kind of have a goal. But in 2019, I kind of did a New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm not buying any shoes this year. I have way too many and I'm not buying any more. And so I went the whole year. It was really hard because like I had to start deleting apps from my phone, like my my sneakers app, my StockX, my Goat, like all of them. I had to delete them because I was like, this is too tempting to keep getting these notifications. So I deleted everything and... uh then in 2020, I, you know, I bought a couple pairs, not in anything too crazy, but I bought uh, the the Fear of God ones um, from from Nike and uh, Jerry Lorenzo, uh, who runs the brand Fear of God. Those are my hands down my favorite shoe, period of all time. Um, followed closely by Jordan ones and followed closely by LeBron 15s. So in the LeBron 15, I have either seven or eight colorways of that shoe. And the Jordan one, I have seven or eight of those. In the Fear of God ones, I have two colorways of those. So I'm kind of a classic guy. Like 
you know, I, I'm always down for a good pair of Jordan ones. Um, and you know, the LeBron 15, you know, there's, there's a couple other elusive colorways out there that I can still find somewhere, but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of good on shoes. I think I have like 42 pairs <laughs> and, um, when I buy more, I do swap them out. So okay. like, you know, when I buy, when I go buy more shoes, I do take a pair and donate it. So now I'm at a point where like all of the ones that I have, I kind of want. Mm. So I have to really, really want a new pair of whatever it is because I'm gonna have to sacrifice one of the ones that I have left. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Miss Kylie gonna get get after you for that too, isn't she? Yeah, she knows. She knows. She's, <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, during that whole year where I didn't buy any shoes, even up until this point. I still have shoes that I haven't worn yet. Like I have at least four pairs of shoes in the closet that I haven't worn yet. And I don't know why, like I'm not saving them for anything special, but there's just a couple that I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I want to wear those yet, you know? And then I have like a pair, my favorite, hands down favorite pair that I own is I have a pair of uh, Virgil's. So off-white Jordan 1 Carolinas. Um, and I just, I just love how he kind of went through this de- deconstruction of all these different shoes and kind of piecing them back together in a different style. And, you know, since it was a Jordan one, I really wanted that, but the Chicago ones are the ones I really wanted, but they're like $3,500. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> but if anybody ever feels like gifting me a pair of size 14 Chicago off white, you know, Jordan ones, I would definitely take them. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him at right, We right. Are Mortar on IG. Yes, definitely. So <laughs> yeah, I, I got this kick for you, honey. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, shoot, dude. All right. I got one more question for you. Yeah. Um, what are, do you see anybody that is trying to pick up where somebody like Nipsey Hussle left off? Ooh, that's, that's, that's a tough one. I'm going to have some, I I do have, see, this is a, this is a challenge because anytime you introduce somebody who is no longer with us, the legacy piece is so enormous Mm -hmm. that, you know, they become more mythical than like, you know, it's, it's hard to frame. So even people who didn't listen to Nipsey before, now he's got like this mythical presence. Right. You know? um, and the answer that I have for you is going to be shocking, probably even for me. Um, but I would say Big Sean is actually really impressive now. Hmm. I was not a Big Sean fan in the beginning at all. Um, and I think the last three albums, I was just like, okay, wait he's doing something here that people aren't really paying attention to. Uh, I don't, I I can't say that he's a Nipsey, but he is doing things kind of in his own lane and also doing things in his own community, which is very similar to what Nipsey was doing as far as like the community and entrepreneurship piece, which I think is really valuable and important. And obviously you have like Jay, and uh Kanye and some other you know leaders in that space of the entrepreneurship pulling that into you know hip hop and that that culture piece. 
Um, but Big Sean is actually doing some impressive things musically and, you know, with his advocacy work. So I, I'd have to say Big Sean. Awesome, man. And I'll, I'll go check that out too. And I'll go check out his new work. Don't like, yeah, if you yeah, I don't want to have no discussion about it, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think today that's who I would say today. It might be different tomorrow. I don't know. All right. All right. Alan, man, thank you so much for being here. One more time. Where are people able to find out more about you and more about Mortar? Absolutely. Everywhere. Just go find, just call me Alan. That's my website. I think uh, I probably haven't updated it recently, but it exists. Uh, so just call me Alan on all the socials or uh, at We Are Mortar, W-E-A-R-E-M-O-R-T-A-R. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining into this episode. If you found a nugget of wisdom, insight, or you just enjoyed hearing Alan and I go back and forth for the last hour, please leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button on Apple uh, Podcast, and make sure you go give Alan and We Are Mortar a follow. And until next time, as always, my call for you, my plea is that you go make somebody else smile today. It's amazing what type of impact it can have on their life.